Hello, this is Maurice Harker. For almost 20 years, we've been building a team of hundreds of clinicians, coaches, mentors, and people just like you who have discovered and love to teach life-changing principles. Our coaches have made a special investment to make sure you can hear these messages. You will hear stories of triumphant healing from specialists and people having a real life just like you. We hope to increase your awareness that you are not alone and there are so many others who are enlisted in this work to train and heal the whole family. You will find these principles are an amazing synergy of the most accurate cutting-edge science with familiar gospel principles. We are passionate eternal warriors and we hope you will join us. Welcome to the Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast. I'm so glad that you're here and you're going to be so glad you're here too today. I'm here with Chandler and Jade and I just really, really like this couple. They're married and they have such a neat, just incredibly authentic and happy spirit about their connection with each other and how they're trying to connect to other people in their lives and just how they're living their lives. It's, they have a neat energy about them. And of course they're connected to life changing services in some of our programs. And yeah, I had the opportunity to talk to them some time ago and was able to be in a fireside with them on a panel. And it was just such a neat opportunity. So I'm glad that I bumped into Chandler again and able to do this again because now it's you know a couple years later maybe right yeah 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 so yeah we're just going to turn it over to you guys and let you tell us kind of how it all started how did you meet each other maybe just a little bit about your you know before you met each other then how you met and then we'll get into more stuff yeah no for sure and, and karen it's so good to to be here chatting with you it's it's been fun to to get to know you. Yeah. So I guess I'll start like me personally, I grew around or grew up moving around a lot and I'm the oldest of five kids. And, and so, you know, always growing up, I, I felt like, you know, we had a strong family and I always had the desire to grow up to be someone who would make a good impact in the world. And that was always kind of my hope and my dream is I, I love to, to work hard and to think about like when I'm older, like I'll get to do awesome things when pornography became an issue for me in high school. I remember just for a long time it impacting that self-confidence and I'm happy to, yeah, go, go in deeper to my backstory before I met Jade and where we're at now. But I think a key part of that trial for me in the early years was recognizing that I couldn't do it on my own. Like other things that I was able to succeed at and, and excel at by trying hard and, and working hard, I needed to rely on God and I needed to rely on others to help me get through this. And so eventually, you know, turned to working with my bishop, talking to my parents about this. And my mom quickly found life-changing services in the Sons of Healing program, which is when I got introduced to the program late in high school. Was able to go through the program and become a general right before I went and served a mission in New York City, speaking Spanish out there, loved my mission. And, and you know, I'd made a lot of progress, but actually continued to struggle both before my mission, on my mission. And then when I came home, I started attending college at BYU and ended up returning back to the program. So I, all in all, I've been in the program many years. I love it. I uh, have graduated, have returned and, and have worked the process over and over. And I'm happy to share my thoughts on, on that, but really it's, you know, it's a lifelong effort of improvement. And so coming back from my mission and starting college, Jade and I met 
pretty soon after that, right? Yeah, like um, two months after. <laughs> yeah, it was very quick. And this is always where I turn the story over to Jade before I screw <laughs> something up, right? Around and all those things. But yeah, I, maybe you just give a quick background on yourself and, and then talk about how we met. Well, I guess before Chandler and I met, I, I had also served a mission. But even before that, when I was in high school, I actually, I don't think I even realized that this was the case but I did I I remember having come across pornography before or like a, a lighter form of pornography I guess I don't know the difference between light and heavy <laughs> but anyways a lighter form of pornography and I remember having to kind of work through that myself it wasn't it didn't turn into a super long-term issue but I do remember it being exposed to that. And I don't think people talk about this a lot. I know Especially when you have women. And young women's, right? <laughs> yeah. And young women's, like people always say like, oh, if you date a guy or if you meet a guy who struggles with pornography, I know none of you girls do. Like you guys are such good girls, you know? Yeah. I don't even, I don't even think I, that I knew that what I was looking at wasn't appropriate at the time just because I didn't, I don't know, I didn't have the education or anything really. But I do remember going through that a little bit and I talked with my bishop about it. I worked through that before I went on my mission. I went on my mission. I served in Taiwan, which was super fun. And then shortly after that, Chandler and I, we met in, we met at BYU. We were both working or we were volunteering at BYUSA, the student association. Yeah. Yeah. And a service project. Yeah. It was a service project. Yeah. So we bumped into each other there. Okay, Jade was the, the leader of this team and she was super cute and she did a really great job at, you know, organizing. We were, we were trying to help improve the accessibility of BYU for people in wheelchairs. And yeah, I very quickly was like, this girl's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we quickly, we quickly started dating after yeah. that. And then after our first date, we were like, okay, I don't want to date anyone else. So then we started dating each other. And then pretty much like a month or two later, we got engaged. Wow. Yep. It was so this, very this, quick. This was 2019. So yeah, we've been married about two and a half years now. Yeah. And we've, I feel like we've gone through a lot of ups and downs in our marriage. Oh yeah. We're on the fast track for trials <laughs> and learning. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We like to speed things up. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's so wise to just say it like that. We're on the fast track for trials and learning because I mean, when I consider my life, and maybe it's highly unusual, but from all the stories I've heard and people I've associated with over the years, I think, I pretty much think that's everybody's story. It's just not the one we hear at church. Totally. Mm. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Yeah. 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 It, or, you know, nobody really shares with it. Everybody could say, what are the top, top three things you're like, really pain points for you in your life right now? I think everybody could say this. And that, and that, yeah. yeah. That's actually a good question. Should we use that with our ministers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is good. But yeah, that just helps. That helps so much. And one of the reasons why, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Chandler, just realizing I've got to have some connection with some support to address this and jade you as well with your bishop to get on your mission just you know saying when things get really hard and we're noticing that you know i just need more support than i can muster you know by myself and it's not so many of us don't do that 
Yeah. And sorry. And it's okay to not have enough strength to do it on your own. I think I always thought that it would be nobler if I did it by myself. And I don't, I don't know, maybe that's just my personality or I don't know, maybe ha- how I was raised. But I think I've just learned over the years with my own struggles, separate from pornography. But I think I've just learned that you don't have to do it by yourself. That was never the plan. Plan A is to do it with other people. Yeah. And with yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, how did you reframe uh, something you mentioned earlier? Chandler, because you said, yeah, I've been in the involved with Sons of Helaman, or I would imagine now you're in Men of Moroni. Are you? Yeah. I mean, I don't attend a specific group every week, but I, oh. I've been involved with both now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So my question is, because I mean, that's like, I'm just talking from a parent's perspective <laughs> and probably from, you know, someone who participates in our programs as well. But I know from a parent's perspective, we we're just we can feel so sad and devastated that we have a child that needs a program to help them with sexual self-mastery. And over the years, I've realized probably everybody needs a program for sexual self-mastery in our day, right? It's so hypersexualized, and it's like asking them to, I don't know, stand in a smoke-filled yeah. room and tell them not to breathe any of the smoke. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, totally. And my mom felt that way for a long time, like feeling like, she was to blame or she had done something wrong or, or maybe just from an honest place wishing she could have done something differently to spare me from right. this trial. But I I love to think about this in terms of Heavenly Father. You know, of course he wishes he could spare us from pain and, and he doesn't probably like seeing us have to struggle. But I know that he would never want to take that away because he knows that we're on a path of growing and trials are absolutely a part of that. Um, including personal weakness. And if any one of us thinks that we are, you know, too good or, or it's it's shameful that we have to need a program, you know, is it shameful to have to need the Savior, to have to need healing, to have to need anything in terms of support and strength? No, of course not. Like all of us need that in so many different ways. I think a big part of what the Savior wants us to learn in this life is how do we turn to him for support in everything I think this is just like one example where it's very obvious, like that getting support is needed. But I really, I want every parent out there and every individual going through these programs and every supporter, whether it's a spouse or family member or someone else to realize like this is a, it's a positive thing that you're proactively working towards healing and and getting strength. That's what this whole life is about. That's incredibly helpful because that's not what we automatically think. You know, it takes us some, some work and some growth and understanding the doctrine of Christ and Heavenly Father's plan and kind of reframing all of that. That's so valuable to just think it was the plan A and Heavenly Father created a plan where we would need to be a hot mess, right? This is the plan. Yeah. And, and you couldn't resolve it or not very effectively on your own. Yeah, and, that's the point. Yeah, the, the point, point is to not. Yeah, and like what Jade is saying, the plan A is like turn to God, turn to Jesus Christ, and then turn outwards to others, both to to get support and give, right? Because yeah. like you pointed out, Karen, everyone probably could list their top three three things that they're struggling with. So there's such an opportunity, I think, to band together to to help each other. Yeah. So, so Jade, how did you? When did you find out that Chandler was 
you know, struggling. And how did you guys navigate that whole space before you got married or after you got married? Like, what has that been like for you? Yeah, good question. I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm really happy that Chandler was talking about having to rely on Christ and to work together with other people. I feel like that's the biggest thing that I learned when I was first exposed or when he first told me about his addiction. How it happened was, I think, because like, yeah, a few weeks into our relationship, we were going pretty fast. I think we were, we were getting really close really quickly. We knew that we really liked each other. I think I accidentally blurted out, I love you that day. And we were like not planning. The same day. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the same day. It was like that day. I was like, I'm very I love about you. these milestones. <laughs> was it was it just one of those mistakes that you do on the phone when you say, Okay, bye, except it's okay, love you. Was it one of those? Like it I didn't mean it that. was like it's kinda in between, I'd say. It was kind of yeah. I was just like really feeling it at that time. We were just chatting and I just accidentally said what I was feeling. <laughs> like I felt like I loved him and then I just said it without even like even gauging like, whether like we were on work at the time, I was like, "Oh, Megan." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, "I probably he probably wasn't ready to say that," and I just I forced him into it because he didn't want me to feel bad. Anyway, but I think that was the time when he was like, "I should probably tell right. her." I think for me that expedited like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> I should probably." <laughs> to bring this up. Yeah, so we actually talked about it that night, like right after I said that, I think. We were like walking home from the library where we were studying or trying to study. We were probably just chatting. I don't know. But I remember he was just like, hey, like, have you... I think maybe I opened up a little bit about different struggles I went through in high school and different things I... Like the hard decisions that I made to get me to, get me to where I am now. And that kind of segued into him asking me, hey, do you know anybody that struggles with pornography mm -hmm. like that? And I was like, do I now? And that's basically how the conversation started. That's actually what she, yeah. Yeah, that was literally how it happened. And then he basically just, he was like, okay, like, let me tell you, let me explain a little bit about this. It was really hard for me to not to interrupt. He was like, Jade, just let me finish. Let me explain like how like an addiction works or how struggling with self sexual self-mastery works. Right. So it was yeah. partly, it was probably half like telling fully transparent and honest about my, my story. And, and I didn't just say like, Hey, like I struggle with this. Just want to let you know, like I, <laughs> I took the time to explain like what it's been like in my life and in my journey, not just struggling with it, but trying to work towards overcoming it and the success I'd seen and, and the setbacks I'd seen. But then along the way, taking the time to show her like kind of things that I've learned and talking about things like the chemical scale and um, where your chemistry and other things that we've learned in the programs so and to give really context on like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, I do remember just feeling like someone just took like a giant fire hose and just like <laughs> hit me with it. It was a lot to take in all at once. And I do remember since we were so, like we are just newly dating, we are still, we just met. I honestly didn't know that much about him. And I you remember- did, You did. Well, For everyone out there that's like, but she said, I love you. <laughs> okay. We knew each it's, other. We'd only known each other for, you know, a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah Of course but, we were close. And yeah, we, we were close. I didn't know him well, but yeah. um, I feel like this was such a big thing that it did drastically shift the way I saw him. It was really hard for me to- understand how to like I was just trying to understand this person in front of me and it was just really hard to 
yeah. this new information. Um, and you bring in all your stories about what that means, right? Like, what is yeah. that? Like, I don't know. Especially yeah. when you're feeling so enamored and excited, like, wow, we are just so connecting. And then to have that happen, you know, on the very day that you actually blurted out, I love you. I mean, it's just <laughs> like, you know, it just feels like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, you don't know how to reframe it all because now you're like, oh, what does that mean? And what do I do? Because I know, yeah, there's just a lot behind all that because you think, oh, I just go to the very end where we fall off the cliff and maybe this is a lie and maybe he's not as great or all that stuff, right? Yeah, I I don't know if I, I don't think I knew, I don't know, maybe it's just the way I think about things, but I don't think I had any worries yet. I think when he was telling me, he asked me to listen and that was hard for me, but I, I really tried to just listen to the whole thing and not make any judgments yet. Obviously I had, it's, it's a concerning issue and I knew that, but I think at the time I was just like, I still, I still know this guy. I know that he's a really good person. I know that he's really faithful, works really hard. I trust him. I, I, there were just so many things that I already did know about him that kind of helped me maybe challenge my initial concerns about what he was telling me. That being said, I definitely, I think that night I definitely like went home. It was, I think it was hard for me to fall asleep. And then the next day I was trying to study for my exam. And I just remember sitting in the library, trying to study and being like, I just, I just couldn't focus. I was just thinking, my mind was just racing and I was just trying to process this information and trying to reframe it in a way that helped me feel more comfortable about continuing to pursue the relationship or be aware of maybe to realize that maybe this was a red flag and maybe I wasn't supposed to pursue this anymore. I wasn't exactly sure, but I, I do remember feeling confident that I knew his character mm. and I just kind of had to figure out how does this piece fit into it? How do I, how do I grapple? I don't know. What's the term? Like, how do, how do I fit the two pieces? Like his character that I know is really good and honest and righteous. I, I knew that was him. Yeah. How do I reconcile these two? Like, how do they go together in one person? I didn't, I didn't fully understand that part of it. And I just remember praying a lot and just writing down all of my thoughts. It was like, pages of thoughts that I had. And I just remember at one point when I was praying and writing, I just started writing about how I felt like maybe in the pre-mortal existence or I don't know, at some point there was a conversation. I don't know if this is real, if it's like revelation about this is actually what happened, but it really helped me put it into perspective. I just kind of, I just suddenly like pictured this scene of like Chandler and Heavenly Father having a discussion about what life was going to be like on earth and how Chandler basically signed up to have this challenge knowing that it would help him become the person that he wanted to be and I just remember feel I, I felt like I could see his potential in that moment like I knew that this was just really it's in the grand scheme of things, it's just another trial. It's just another weakness. We all have weaknesses. We all have challenges. I kind of saw it in that perspective. And I realized that Chandler, like God wanted to invest in Chandler. And if he really 
saw that much potential in him and wanted to invest in him like this and allow him to go through something like this so that he could teach him and mold him into the person he wanted him to be, then I wanted to be by his side. And I would be honored to be part of that experience and be able to learn from that, learn from watching it happen, learn from supporting him in this and just kind of see how it unfolds. I realized it would be a huge blessing. And I know, I knew it'd probably be hard as well, but it was, it it, it has been a hard, (laughs) it has been hard, Um, but I still wouldn't take it back (laughs) for the record. I, I feel like I could just see that this would be a big blessing in our relationship. Wow. Wow. Did you ever go like talk to anybody about it, Jade? Like to try to also, or was it mostly just me, prayer? And I remember that was a hard thing for you, like feeling like you didn't know if I would be okay talking to other people about it or like. Yeah. And Chandler's always been private about it. I think we're we're opening up a lot more about it now, but I know that it was a private thing for him. And because, right, it's like we're, we're dating and, and she's like, you know, she trusts her mom. Well, you know, that's the last thing I want is to make a terrible impression and worry my potential, you know, future mother <laughs> or like, yeah, her friends who like I see often are like, yeah, it's like, that was a scary thing for me. But I knew that risk going in that like paying the price of being honest is worth it, but it's uncomfortable. And you're going to feel exposed. Yeah. It feels super exposing. And so, yeah, from, from a perspective of how do you bring this up to someone that you care about that maybe you haven't, you know, fully told them yet, I definitely expect it to be uncomfortable, but I think there are opportunities for it to be a really, really positive, obviously in long-term, it's the best thing to do. I think everyone is like, yeah, no, that makes sense. But in the short term too, I think there was a lot of blessings from just like choosing to do that, even though there were moments where it's uncomfortable, one of which being, yeah, like deciding to, like, did you actually, did you talk to your mom? I thought you maybe did. I don't know if I talked to my mom right away. My mom, I know she would worry and I kind of wanted to figure out how I felt about it first. I think you really turned to God more than anyone yeah. else. Like Jade was like, yeah. God was my lifeline. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. I remember just asking like, okay, God, like please just help me see things the way you see them. Because I obviously can't piece this together. And honestly, I've learned throughout my life that if I try to like piece difficult topics together in my head, like try to reconcile contradicting things that feel contradicting to me, I never do a good job. It never works out. I never find the answer. So I think honestly, throughout my mission, that's what I learned. And I was able to apply that here. And I feel like ever since then, even though it's been really hard and I do feel hurt, I do feel rejected sometimes, I feel betrayed sometimes, like the natural feelings that you would feel if if some, if your spouse slipped up on something like this. I still definitely do feel that sometimes or maybe most of the time, if not all the time. <laughs> um, but I I also feel like if I'm staying close to God, if I'm, I'm working on, if I'm allowing him, I'm just receiving the the minds, the perspective, if I'm allowing him to give me his perspective, I feel like I always, at the end, of, I, I know at the end of the day, we'll be fine, even if it sucks in the moment, I guess. Wow. Chandler, you mentioned something that you said, yeah, she, she helped frame my perspective or something like that. You said she re, she helped me reframe this or do you remember saying that? Um, during this conversation or yeah, you, you were sitting back in your chair and you, and she was talking about, 
God and 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 her perspective. And you said, yeah, she helped me reframe this. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it was that same anecdote she was talking about picturing this conversation between me and Heavenly Father. And yeah, I guess helping me reframe my own like viewpoint of this trial right. as not just being like, you know, this is a big sin that I'm, you know, really trying to work through to like, yes, this is obviously still like a sin that I'm, I'm working yeah. to repent of. And it's, it's a habit and, a, and an addiction for me personally that I was trying to work through. Mm-hmm. However, seeing it that way and, and the perspective Jade was able to help share was like, oh, this is actually potentially God investing in me to help build me into who he wants me to be. And I got this sense. I remember like that there could be reasons that I wasn't fully aware of that this would end up blessing my life that I've had to go through this. I think even since, you know, that point two and a half years ago, I've already seen some of those reasons, I guess. Yeah, we both have. Wow. through in terms of why, why, like why, you know, is the question we always ask, why is this in my life? Why is this something I've had to deal with, whether it's me personally or a loved one yeah. or my spouse, right? Like that would be a very logical feeling. And I don't want to, you know, invalidate anyone for asking okay. why, but there is a why. And, and that's the awesome thing. It's not for no good reason. It is for a good reason. It's for probably many good reasons. Like, and it's probably specific to the individual. Yeah. yeah. And, and in our case, I feel like we've just watched it unfold. Like even just recently, yeah. we've kind of recognized that right now, this helps Chandler work on staying close to God when he has a billion other things to do. Sure. He's a busy person. And this kind of... It's helped us touch he, other people's lives that we wouldn't have been able to. Probably. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And work on the project that we're working on now with Relay. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just, and oh, and the other thing too, with my struggles with mental health, I feel like mm, yeah, me supporting him, I've been able to let him support me and we've both been able to kind of, I don't know, I, I, I guess just learn no, so much. Deep empathy, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. For, for everyone listening out there, like, you know, hopefully you have people in your life that you are close to and love. I'm sure everyone has at least something that comes to mind developing empathy if you're the person struggling with with this i think is one of the most straightforward lessons that you have available to you but you have to choose to like learn that lesson i think realizing like when i see jade really struggling with depression anxiety and maybe you know it causes friction in our marriage at times just like my lost battles do for totally different reasons for totally different like areas of struggle but i can choose to have empathy because I know what it's like to feel knocked down, to feel like I've let people down that I love, that I like, I'm not good enough. And or just keep struggling with it, the same thing. Yeah. And to feel like you're just struggling with the same thing and you're working <laughs> on the same thing and how frustrating that can be. Like, it's really, I think, helped us have deep empathy for each other that's resulted in more patience and understanding, even if the pain is still there. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. I have to go back just a little bit because you guys said something. That I've never heard said like that. And I just wanted to pull it back out in case the listeners also noticed it because it was pretty cool. I've just been sitting here listening to you and considering that. But yeah, Jade, your experience in the library when you had that, you know, picturing Heavenly Father talking about this life with Chandler and then your pers- just, you know, you asking and praying for 
him to help you see this the way he sees it. And then what you came up with was Heavenly Father has made a big investment in Chandler to, you know, to have this be the trial he's carrying. Like, I don't think, I just don't think anybody thinks of their trial or what they're trying to carry around that feels burdensome to them as an investment in them. Not like maybe another way to say that would be a vote of confidence, right? A vote of confidence, just like, you know, the perfect parent who loves you enough to, you know, have, of course, they have the perspective of this is totally going to help you be the awesome, but everything, it's so fun to watch you just struggle and stretch and keep turning toward me and, you know, but we, because we're on this side of the veil and we have all these other false temporal messages, as well as, you know, a spiritual battle, we fight against the adversary in all of it. I just think we'd never, ever have that thought of heavenly father has made an investment in me. Isn't that interesting to consider with the heavy stuff in our lives? I can definitely tell you, I never feel that way about myself. <laughs> when I'm going through some things hard, Crazy. Yeah. I would never think of that. But I just remember, and I, ne- I never could have come up with this concept on my own either. I know that this was God telling me something and mm-hmm. sharing something new with me about a way to look at Chandler's situation. And yeah, I guess it could be applied to every single person. I think it's hard to fathom that God could be investing in you when you're the one struggling. Right. I think that insight of like, it was, it was easier, at least even possible for you to have that realization about me rather than yourself, but how hard it would be to actually accept that, I guess, is maybe the yeah, word. Because I think you just always point to yourself. You think there's something wrong with yourself or yeah. maybe okay. you're not good enough. We want to be, you know, further than we are, or better than we are, or yeah. different than we are. If I think about like, well, what does an investment really mean? Like if you just think about money, like investing money, mm-hmm. if it's a good investment, right? Like it will turn into more value down the road, mm-hmm. you know, at the expense of kind of putting it somewhere right now. Expense of not seeing. And not, and not seeing much for a while. Yeah, you may have to be patient. You may have to, to wait. And who knows? Like there may be ups and downs, right? That I guess yeah. maybe I'm taking the money analogy too far, but the stock market <laughs> crashes. It looks like. My money's all gone. Like this is for nothing. It's gonna ruin my life. But <laughs> if you wait it out. out, if you wait it out, this is if you wait it, no. welcome to the investing podcast. No, yeah, I think it can totally feel like it, it's a very short kind of perspective that you know my my trial is not gonna turn into more value. It's it's plummeting me into the ground. It's yeah. But but sure enough, over the long run, if we let God work with us, I do believe that it's so that He can unlock greater value in us and through us as a part of his army, as his children, um, mm-hmm. for, for whatever he needs us to do. And I've seen that and I've seen that in his trial and I've seen that in my trials. Wow. Yeah, I really, they're always, there's always a return. There's always a curve upwards. Even if it feels like it's going down, it can't go down forever, right? There's going to be. I think it only goes back. down if we choose to either give up and stop trying or if we don't turn to God, right. you know? Yeah. Keep waiting. It has to go back up. (laughs) And it it is so cool that, you know, you, you termed it as, you know, it's deep empathy. It's the work of deep empathy 
know, you guys having a relationship where you both recognize, yeah, we need each other. We need, we need that. I just think what a beautiful, because like you said, when you're in it, Jade, you don't feel like, whoa, God is really making an investment in me. This is awesome. Right. You're not. Yeah. No concerns. Like, I'm lucky. Yeah. No. Yeah. You really do have to have the human mortal experience of, ah, oh, this is so painful. This is really hard. This isn't where I'd, I love to be. And, but if somebody can be compassionate and empathetic, you know, I just, yeah, I just love that. You mentioned something before we started our recording, Chandler, and it was that you just that empathy and compassion going like here in this relationship is so important. And then you guys have also alluded to like just your how your trials or the virgins that you carry also have blessed other people, you know, and that's kind of the upswing of some of the stuff that you see from the struggles that you have. And anyway, I just have to interrupt right here before I say that question, because I do need to say the question first or I'll forget it, but I'll say the question first and then I'll go back and say this other part, but then I'll probably forget that. We'll just say the question. <laughs> so the question is, how have you noticed in yourself, this has grown me and this is how it's influenced people outside of me. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. I think one way that it's really grown me has has been like shaping my perspective about other people. I think I've always, you know, been a people person. Like I like people. I I care about relationships. I wouldn't say that one of my weaknesses is being, you know, super quick to judge or like to not get along with people. Like I generally love people, but I think one of the ways this trial has really helped grow me is applying that, I guess, that same concept of empathy to other people. But because of that, I, I feel like I'm just more sensitive now. Like I think in the same way that the savior would probably be really sensitive and like, especially caring and delicate in, in like how he would handle, you know, a, a child or a lamb or any one of us. I think I'm learning some of those lessons and how I deal with other people and with my wife, like not just, be, not just the knowledge of like, everyone's going through something hard, but that like, I guess like we, we need to be there for each other. Like this life is too hard to to not i guess like be gentle with each other and to be loving so i'm not perfect at that by any means jade can give numerous examples <laughs> but but it's something that i think I'm, I'm working on i think in the lives of others around me i think i i think they've probably been influenced by this especially the people who know this trial about me and like i i would say probably hope that someone going through really difficult trials especially like an addiction um to something like pornography can still do great things with their life overall. And I guess that's not a personal plug on like, I've got it all together, but I would say like, I haven't let this trial define my life. I've chosen to go out and make an impact in the world through career, through school, through just a number of ways. Like, I feel like I have cho chosen to like find purpose beyond just overcoming this challenge or letting this challenge define me. And so I know that like my mother and Jade and like other people who know this about me, I think probably see a lot of like a trial like this doesn't have to define someone. It's probably the smallest thing about him. I don't know if that's the right term, but like. It's almost forgettable. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you don't even think about it most of the time. Yeah. Well, that's really, that's cool to put it like that. Like, and I think, oh, can I just say, if you're a listener out there, 
and this shows up in your life, of course, you're a lot of times you can say, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, right? Whether it's your very own struggle or you're someone supporting that, the wife, the mother, the, you know, but man, over the years, just, I think, cause I've been here for almost 15 years, you know, supporting people and been through my own stories with my own kids and, and just really, I don't know, it's really helped me. This can make me emotional. It's really helped me just to, to have noticed all these years that, you know, that is what that is, that, that the Savior's investment in us made it possible for our Heavenly Father to know that his plan of investing in us, right, with trials was going to be brilliant. It was going to work, you know, and so it just makes me think. Now I can hear things coming from my adult kids or my, you know, young adult kids and think, wow, I would have died over there. Just died hearing that, you know, and now I just feel so much hope, like within minutes after they say it, I'm like, all right, this is going to be fun to watch. Not, not painless, but interesting to watch, you know, like, cause there's so much to be discovered in this. It's just neat. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so good. So you, you have also, well, before I move on, tell me, what do you guys do? Because it kind of almost sounds like you're so cool that you've had therapy your whole marriage or something. And, but I'm just thinking, yeah, have you, what, what, have you had to find support in your marriage to help yourselves find this deep empathy and work things out together? Or have you both just been, because you're obviously both really seekers, learners, doers, like that's obvious to me. Has that just come from your own? It's kind of who we are. We just think that's the kind of people we want to be. Or did you have to seek help from other places? I don't know. I, I, that's a good question. <laughs> I think I naturally am the type of person to just like, I, I like to seek. And I think a lot. And I think I've gotten into the habit after lots of failures of not being able to figure things out by myself. I think I've gotten into the habit now of just constantly asking God to help me see things the way he sees it. So I think that really has helped a lot. And I would say, honestly, I think God is the number one support. And I don't think anybody could have replaced him when it came to our marriage or my perspective and being able to cope or heal from different things. But I, I did, I do remember sometimes it, it did get hard and I just wanted someone to validate me that it was hard. So I've talked to his mom before and I talked to his mom specifically because I know she loves him unconditionally. And she also is probably the, yeah, the closest one to someone who's loved me like you do that. Yeah. And I know that she would never change his pers her perception of him. I talked to him about, I talked to her about stuff because, you know, she's already been aware for a while. I did mention it to my mom a couple of times, but I don't talk to her a ton about it. To be honest, I think it's help, help more helpful if I talk to his mom. I've shared it with friends, just a couple friends that I, I asked Chandler if I could beforehand. And I, I think sometimes I just need the validation. Just be yeah. like, 
yeah, Jade, you're awesome. Like, wow, you're a champ of a wife. Like, <laughs> sometimes I, I just want, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> For all you listeners out there, like, they know that she's awesome. No, <laughs> yeah, she is awesome. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I handle it well sometimes, and I want someone to tell me that. Right. I think that's yeah. probably the first part about, like, this is all very, it can be it's, it's this interesting dichotomy. Yeah, because it's like, it's not isolated if you're doing it right. But at the same time, it's not like where a lot of people can see it, you know? So it's like this work that we're doing, trying to invest in like working at a better marriage and like working through both of our individual trials more effectively and, and dealing with these trials personally. Like, yeah, it's, and I feel that way. I know about, about on my side of things too. It's like, man, like if other people just don't see probably the effort that you're putting in to, to not only carry your load, but to try to chip away and work at you know, having a good life and to be happy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think connection has been a really important theme as we've turned to friends and as we've turned to family, as we've turned to each other, like being connected with others in a, in a, an authentic way and sharing with them about our struggles. So, you know, mental health and, and this addiction for me and like, and everything else about like life that's hard and good and, and having those authentic connections and relationships, I think has been a great strength for our marriage. Yeah, I, I think just being seen. I think the best kind Having of relationships. Yeah, the best kind of relationships with friends, family, spouses, you know, things like that. I think being able to see other people because of what you've been through, you can kind of see them better and giving them the opportunity to see you. I think that's incredibly healing and empowering and hopeful. Oftentimes you find out you're not alone and that someone else is going through something very similar. Yeah. Um, but if not, they often will just... If when, when they really see you, they see the effort you're putting in. They see how hard it is. They see the ups and downs or you, you allow them the chance to see that. Most of the time, they'll just praise you and say that you're doing a great job and they're so impressed or so inspired by what you're doing. And I think that's incredibly validating no matter what you're going through. So I always, my vote is always for telling other people, <laughs> relying on other people, just being open, having authentic conversations about the hard things, the good things. That always builds the best relationships um, and allows for the most healing. Mm, that's no good. You guys have had a theme for that. You know, seeing each other, seeing other people and trying to be the person who sees. Like, I really see you, like, it makes me think if I were listening to this, I would be thinking, how am I at extending some grace when someone says, here's me in my mess, right? How am I at that uh, to just see the God in them, to see, to see them and to see them, you know, instead of think, oh, that's terrifying. And now I have to not see you for real because <laughs> we have to go just find the band-aid to put on that or whatever that looks like yeah. you know and you don't have to understand them like you don't have to understand what it's like right. you don't have to know what to do you don't have to have the same struggle in common yeah yeah i think just seeing people is yeah the best thing you can do yeah well man i think i could talk to you guys for a long <laughs> a lot longer even but i wanted to, you both have like I know Chandler, you're like at the very end of your degree, right? Yeah. And Jade, yep. you've graduated since we I've seen you guys last, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did you graduate in? And yeah, what did you 
Would you graduate? Um, I graduated in entrepreneurial management from BYU. Okay. Um, and Chandler will be graduating in strategy. Mm-hmm. What is that? Is. What is strategy? It's <laughs> it's just blanket term. <laughs> well, I figured out I actually love entrepreneurship and and can talk about Relay and, and the company I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I I was able to get a lot of school credit for working on building um, Relay and the strategy program was able to kind of adopt me, shepherd me into their major, mostly for working on, on this. Yeah. Program. So, so we both really yeah. majored in entrepreneurship. Yeah. And, but Jade, <laughs> since then, has been working full time, um, doing a lot of creative brand and design and graphic design work for a lot of the same programs that I'm a part of in school. So we see each other a lot. We're actually in the Entrepreneurship Center at BYU right now is where we're calling in from. Jade's incredibly talented from a creative side of things and makes things look beautiful from our interior design. Um, of our home to websites and all sorts of things. Well, you know what? So really the reason I go there is because I think, yeah, you listeners are going to love, love hearing this, like just what you've heard so far and just their hearts and who they are just, and their mutual respect and kindness, understanding each other, but then also working together at creating this little entrepreneurial experience together that's really blessing a lot of people. I had a meeting recently with Chandler because I heard he had created an app and I was like, well, actually it was from, you know, one of our clinicians, Greg Dunford. And I was like, what? I want to see that. I want to know more about that, you know? And so, yeah, that's how we connected again was me saying, tell me about your app. Yeah. But yeah. So please describe how that all unfolded. Yeah. Well, well, just to backtrack a little bit to my experience in the Sons of Healing program, probably to like the summer, the summary of the biggest lesson that I, I gained through that was, holy cow, there's so many other awesome guys here that are working towards the same thing I am. So I'm not alone, but not only that, if I continue trying to do this on my own in a, you know, kind of a prideful way of, I show up to group once a week, but for the most part, you know, I'm working on this because it's my individual thing, you know, the rest of the week. Well, I'm missing out on a huge opportunity to really practice effective teamwork and leveraging these other guys that also want to be held accountable, that also want to like make progress. But I kind of realized, you know, we'd set up these group chats. We, we tried to implement various processes to help us take advantage of the whole group dynamic of these programs. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they'd always fizzle out or it, it would require us to be so proactive that, you know, everyone's busy and also just like it's not perfect at, at it, you know, regardless of the excuse that it just kept coming back to me over and over, like this theme of doing it together and, and really working together as a team and realizing like I was not taking full advantage of that through the program. I think it's easy to show up to a Sons of Healman, you know, paying whatever you pay to go to the to those things and, and you pretty much just attend the meetings and hopefully, you know, you're working on manpowers and other things throughout the week, but you're getting access to a group of people. Like, what are you getting from that? There's so much value there. And so that was the catalyst really to just continuing to stew on this general issue of, well, not only people who are attending Sons of Hillman, but man, I've met so many other friends and I bet there's so many more people I don't even know that are working towards this and they're not even a part of a program. They don't have anyone at all. Right. Um, talk to. They don't know who to talk to. They've probably tried to talk to friends and family or they're working with the bishop. And, and, you know, despite how much those friends and family and the bishop cares about them, 
that's not a complete support system. And that's, it's tough for people, especially who aren't in the same boat to be your only supporters. Like you as an individual need more than just, you know, a mother and a bishop to have a really effective, strong support system. I'm not making any clinical recommendations, by the way, I'm just getting my opinion around. I feel strongly that forming a strong team around you is one of the most important things you can do to be successful at this. And so with Relay, we aimed to build a platform that would make it easier for people who don't have that support system to find a strong one. But then once you find that strong support system, helping people stay connected and accountable. And, you know, in this context, for people that are going to Sons of Healman, helping you stay connected the other six days of the week that you're not going to group meetings and, and just really providing a way for people to find deep healing through connection, through accountability, and, and making it easier to reach out when we're feeling vulnerable. And I think that's one of the coolest insights we've learned as we've launched the app. We launched it about six months ago and have tested with both people and Sons of Healing program and a lot outside of it as well. We've seen a ton of value in making it easy for people to reach out, to raise the red flag, which is kind of the name of the features, the red flag that helps them like with one click of a button, I can let people know that I'm feeling off. And rather than having to craft a whole long message and express something that's just frankly hard to do. And often because it's hard, we don't do it. We don't reach out when we really need helping reduce those barriers to reaching out has been a huge success of people that have started to use Relay and where we're trying to help, you know, make that a little easier for people. So anyways, that's kind of the overview. And it's been really exciting because it started with my personal experience. And like we've been talking about in this conversation, thinking like, I hate this trial. I wish it was never in my life to turning into a passion project, which is really where we started actually like thinking about, okay, let's try to build an app around this concept and idea to full on. Now it's, it's my full-time job and we're trying to grow this right now. And it's definitely been inspired. And we've seen the hand of God help pave the way because of the lessons that he's taught me through the hard times and investing in me about connection, about teamwork, about vulnerability. And we've heard so many cool stories too. Like I just remember Chandler sharing this one with me. He was talking to this girl who reached out to him. Yeah, not just guys. That's another thing oh, yeah. we talk about. Yeah. yeah, there are girls in the in, in the app. But she was just saying that she used to struggle very frequently. I think like yeah. at least. Couldn't get every- past like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, two weeks was like the longest streak she's ever had. And then since working with her team and working in the app, she's gone like over 12 weeks over 12 weeks probably i guess longer at this point right because she got a strong support system and she was able to reach out and connect and yeah yeah and and greg greg dumford he always says connection is the opposite of addiction or Mm -hmm. connection heals addiction or something along those lines Mm -hmm. Uh, we love that phrase i think we've definitely seen that i know even in me with my addictive or habitual tendencies. I've seen so often in both of our lives that when we are connected with other people and we're constantly building relationships, bringing more of these good people into our lives, there's no room for addiction. There's so much healing that occurs there. Um, And I think really this is God's, this was God's plan the whole time, right? Like we talked about God's plan A. Plan A was to put us on earth with other people. <laughs> it's not like we just live on our own planets. Yeah, that was one of the first conversations Jade and I had around Relay. Like I remember we were discussing this about a little over a year ago and and we just were kind of talking about like God didn't design the plan of salvation for you to come on yeah, your own little world and alone and like you're going to walk this path. And 
he didn't even design it just alone with him, you know, because I think we often talk about and acknowledge the role of us walking through this life with the Savior. But he also put us in these communities such as families, church organizations, friend groups, societies organized around us interacting and helping each other. And I think that is by design. Yeah, like that was the way that God designed us to find the healing that we needed. Mm-hmm. And I just, I too, I have discovered so much more about how to find God through a connection. Like, because I'm connected to other people who are like-minded and working on caring about similar things and we're trying to figure it out and we all believe in God and want him involved in our lives. Like just hearing from each other, how you're receiving personal revelation about your circumstance, what you've noticed and what you do when you're working on your power goals, your prayer, your writing and reading, just hearing what that looks like over there has revealed a lot of how we walk through the light, through our life with God, really. You know, it's not just, well, I go to church on Sunday. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, so, okay, so you've created this app and the app's name is Relay. And Jade, you're the graphic designer for the app. (laughs) Yeah, we call it a UX designer. It's just really the interface and the user experience to try to make it as good of an experience as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's, you know, interacted with a website or, or an app that wasn't designed very well. And you notice when it's not, but we hardly notice when they are designed well, just because we expect, you know, apps to work perfectly. <laughs> but let me tell you, they don't unless you design them that way. So, <laughs> they just help with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do it together. And that's been a good learning experience too. <laughs> yeah, I learned to code I, and we were working full-time with a few friends as well that also knew how to code before. But yeah, it's been a great learning experience to learn these skills and also figure out like, okay, we have something and we've tested with a lot of people and we get a lot of feedback. How do we help like reach more people? And yeah, trying to figure out like, you know, not just approaching this business from a worldly standpoint, but like from God's view, like how can we think about reaching his children? And I think that's, that's a really cool part. Like, I don't think you have to start an app or do a company to change the world, but there's a lot of ways that I think if we ask the question, like, how could I use my time or my current job to like bless people's lives? Like it's, it's always cool how God provides more ways to do that. So good. So with the app, you found that people that aren't necessarily in like a, an official group, like Sons of Helaman or whatever, but just people who like, if I'm thinking, I'm really struggling with some self-mastery issues, or I really struggle with, you know, some mental health issues that I just don't always have the support that I want in that. So I could go to your website and I could say, there's some way to tell you what kind of group I need. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. So we've designed the app intentionally with this bigger vision of you know, everyone has different trials. Pornography is literally just one of them. But yeah, helping people form these tight-knit groups around a common goal for, for anything. So yes, it, when you come into the app, you'll indicate kind of what, what goal you're working towards. Right now, I guess it's worth noting, probably by the time this podcast is released, this may still be the case, but we've only been focusing on finding people that are trying to overcome pornography use case. But the app itself, the actual way we've designed it is 
uh, with that longer term vision in mind. So you won't actually see a lot of things very specific to a pornography addiction if you use the app. So like my mom, for example, was like, I want to use the app. Yeah. For self-mastery and for some other things with a couple other her friends and, and she's loved it. And so we, you know, we we're loving more and more this idea of, yeah, people want to download the app. They can create a group around something that's not you know, sexual self-mastery or pornography. Yeah. But right now, if you look at our website, it will look like we're only, you know, for helping people overcome pornography just because we're focused on attracting right. that type of market, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, you know, I approached you because I work with women right, who, who try to connect and, you know, manage our own mind and our own heart so that we can support a loved one who is in a struggle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, cause I think, yeah, that would be amazing if we could connect with each other and throughout the week have something that's, you know, easier and slick to do that with that we can all connect on. But yeah, you know. no, and that like for, for supporters out there, wives and moms that are listening that aren't involved with what Karen's doing, like, Hey, I think Karen's awesome. You should check out what Karen's doing. Cause I think that <laughs> it's super valuable from everything I know about the, the program that you run, but if anyone feels like, oh yeah, like I could see this being really helpful for me to get in a group with other you know, wives or moms in the same boat. If yeah, supporters, you know, whatever contact information is listed on this podcast, like shoot an email to either Karen or myself. I'm sure maybe we'll yeah. have both our information listed and we'd love to, to help form that group for you guys. So yeah. I know I love that you brought that up. It's not just for, yeah, we'll struggle with pornography. Yeah. So, but if they wanted to just go to your website to check it out, because maybe yeah. a lot of people that are listening to this are thinking, you know, we have somebody in our family that's struggling with, you know, sexual self-mastery or some kind of other, you know, behavior that, you know, we're, we're needing some support with. That's kind of a lot of the people that listen to this channel. So could you just say, here's how you find our website out loud so we can yeah. hear it out loud. Yep. The website is joinrelay.app. Okay. So it's joinrelay.app is where you'll find our website. And from there, you'll find a link to download the app, both on Apple and Android. So yeah, it's available for only mobile right now. So if you're a supporter, you can find the information to learn more on the website there and then can refer, you know, anyone you know that might get value out of this. And we've had a lot of people sharing it with their bishops too, as people you know, lots of people are looking for resources because you're probably not the only one that's trying to support someone with this. And so, yeah, the website, joinrelay.app, it's where you can go. Oh, good. All right. Well, what are you doing for the rest of the evening? What are you guys going to do tonight? Oh, boy. Haven't even thought about date that. Date night? Oh. Date night. Friday <laughs> night, date night, of course. It may look a little bit like homework tonight since I'm so close to graduating, but I really need to not drop out right now. And I've got a paper due tonight that I haven't started. So oh, probably wow. a little bit back. <laughs> and then we're going to do a Valentine's date tomorrow, probably. Very good. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks so much. Is there any final thoughts that you would just leave with the listeners that you would just consider? Hey, we we are in it with you. Like we do, we have our own battles. You have yours. What's something that, yeah, you could leave with us. Even telling us, why are you fighting and why don't you give up? That's always a good one, you know, but it doesn't have to be that. I have some thoughts. I guess I don't know exactly how to put this, but I guess for all the supporters who may be listening, I see you. And I think a lot of other people see you too. And it's okay that it's hard. 
and it doesn't have to look pretty all the time. Sometimes I get mad at Chandler and I'm just angry and you don't have that perfect perspective that we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I want to clarify that, I guess. Like <laughs> it doesn't always look like that. I think you need to have a, you know, a perspective to fall back on. That's from God. I think everybody should work towards that. But yeah, sometimes I get mad and I'm frustrated or I'm just sick of it. I'm tired. Sometimes I'm not doing well myself. We kind of mentioned a couple of times, like mental health has been something that I've been really working through a lot, especially in the last two years. It got really bad. And that definitely, that was rough <laughs> when he would slip up and I wasn't doing well. That was just, it was really hard to navigate those things. You don't really know how to talk about it. You're just, you're both not doing well. Anyways. Yeah, it wasn't pretty and it it doesn't have to look pretty all the time, but I think I think finding someone to talk to, I think is really important. But also, I always go back to praying to ask God to help me see things the way he sees it. It's hard to pray sometimes with my mental health. It's hard to read my scripture sometimes. I definitely don't necessarily take care of myself the best. That's something that I'm working on and I'm, I'm getting better at as I work on that. But I think those are the two big things, working on myself for a supporter to work on themselves while they're supporting someone else. I think that's really important and having other people for supporting. I guess I just wanted to say that that would be my advice if I was going to give advice because that's really helped me. That's so good. That's so good. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Thank you for that. I, I think the thoughts that I would leave really center around this idea that, you know, whether you're the person struggling with sexual self-mastery or whether you're supporting someone god is investing in you and he loves you and the shame or the discomfort that you might feel having this be a part of your journey is really understandable but it really doesn't need to be that way god wants us to learn how to turn to him and to turn to others and i've just developed a testimony and a big part of my why is because I know that there are so many other people lined up shoulder to shoulder with me in God's army, trying their best, facing their own battles. And by being vulnerable and honest about mine and where I'm at and choosing to turn outwards, like we can form a team that actually helps us all do better and become who God needs us to be. And I, I just really would encourage you know, people to think about the value in, in forming this close tight-knit connection with others around them. I think as we find more ways to team together, both with those that do have kind of the same struggle as us and working together to stay accountable and connected there, as well as others that have their own trials that are different from ours, I think we'll find a lot of purpose, a lot of happiness. And I've generally just, I guess, like gained a, a lot of conviction that we will make progress that way because God has helped put us here together so that we can work together and leverage each other, our strengths, and our different experiences to together collectively push towards where we're trying to go. And so, yeah, with everything, I guess we've learned on our journey is like turning to God, turning to each other. It definitely helps it and it works out. So God will consecrate God. it all for our good in the end. Yep. Thanks for your testimonies. Thank you for that. So good. All right. I told you listeners, you're going to be so glad you were here. Thanks, Jade. Thank uh, you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. 
As you can see, we are very enlisted in what we have learned and hope to teach. If you have found today's message inspiring, please share this podcast with family and friends so others can enjoy and be edified along with us. Be sure to download the free book that holds all the core principles behind what we teach. This book is called Like Dragons Did They Fight. You will find a link for that free download at Like Dragons Free. And remember, you can find all the life-changing resources, programs, and trainings needed for you and your family at lifechangingservices.org.